everybody, and welcome to the premiere House of the Dragon recap and review podcast. Dragons. Dragons. Dragons! I am, of course, your host, John, and with me today from the spooky red wastes of Texas, Patrick Ramirez. Hey, hey, hey. Spooky Patrick tonight. So glad you could make it. And also joining us from north of the wall is Annie. What's up? And last but not least, we are joined by the great and powerful Jesse Wind. We were going to call him Patrick Spook Mirez, remember? <laughs> I did not remember that at all. <laughs> well, go back and take it from the top, guys, unless we want to fix it in post. Oh, no. We don't do any editing to this podcast at all. If- I'll, be, I'll be Spooky P from here on out in this episode. Spooky P! Um, I don't know how you guys are doing today on this fine Monday evening, but I am doing great because I got an email. We got an email? Holy shit. Oh my Man, god. Is it, from, is it from the real whales? Oh, uh, wait. I mean, they're both real. Oh which whales is it? Which whales is it from? <laughs> Jay, I will I will slit his throat for talking shit about South Wales. That is, <laughs> that is not what I meant it to say. To all of our Australian listeners, we apologize for being Americans. Please Oops. do not send the spiders after us. We will take care of our own. <laughs> Actually, I have no. an email request now. Is South Wales like the Jersey to Wales's New York? Send in your replies. Um... I'm going to take a wild stab at that and say, no, it's nothing like that. Uh, No, we got an email from one of our loyal bannermen. Uh, They told me not to try and say their name, but I am going to try and say it because I'm a white person and I'm Uh proud of my abilities. So here it goes. I'm going to apologize in advance for John. Guillermo from Rio de Janeiro, Brazil. Wow. Cool. Oh, dude, put that name in chat. I want to see this. Uh, I will in a, just a second, but first I want to tell you a couple of highlights from the email. Um, it was really long, so I'm not going to read the whole thing, but I'm going to take some little highlights out for you. So they actually thought that episode eight was the final episode. For whatever reason, they thought this was an eight episode season. <laughs> and so they saw Viserys die at the end of the episode and they were like, well, that was a good season. I like that ending. Man, I've <laughs> then, literally done that with another show, too. <laughs> I did that with this show. We've all been there. Yeah. So I thought that was interesting. And I kind of agree that that actually would have been a good ending to the season. But yeah, uh, they also pointed out that we were asking a few episodes ago why Joffrey is called the Knight of Kisses. And it's because his sigil has lips on it. He has oh. pink lips. Oh, snap! How did we yeah wow i have a sigil now listeners are so observant so much more than me thank you listeners (laughs) well i think that's also a thing from the books which i i gleaned from their email that this person is definitely a book reader so i'm also my life they've enriched my life i i think it's a he but maybe it's better not to assume so the third interesting thing is that there's actually a third valyrian house in westeros that has been utterly erased from the show, and that is House Keltigar. Their sigil is a crab, and they are also a Valyrian house, but for some oh. reason they're not mentioned at all. Their crab got stabbed! <laughs> they stabbed the crabs out! Actually, that might be why they didn't include it, because they didn't want people to be confused and be like, oh, is that where the crab guy's from? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. What if they were? Oh, no, that we... They said that guy was a prince or something, right? They could have just changed the sigil. It could have been like a lobster um, <laughs> red on a blue field. Wait a minute. That's the red lobster logo. But, you know, it could have been a couple shrimps on a Barbie, you know, just anything. <laughs> yeah. So I'm more disappointed that none of the book readers here brought up that a whole house got cut out. I honestly forgot about that. I didn't hmm. actually read the books. I just read the TV tropes article. I only read the TV Guide article, so... My understanding is that House Keltigar is actually more of a thing in the main books uh, and less in Fire and Blood. Because I, I do remember them from the original the original series, I guess you would call it. But um, they were only really minorly uh, important, so... Yeah. It's literally the sigil is the red crab on a white background. <laughs> <laughs> 
Hey, All listeners right. of this podcast, have you ever wanted to see a show get completely hijacked and derailed from within? Well, I'd <laughs> like you to meet me, Jesse Wind. Uh, I have a special request now. Uh, if you record 90 seconds or less of your voice of what you think about this fucking season after it wraps up, I will get it into the podcast. So if you want to star on the number one dragon podcast on Podbean, then you send me an audio clip of what you think of this season after it wraps up. Oh, I like I like that idea. Thank you. Participate. We didn't run it by anybody. I didn't run it by anybody. But now me and Patrick, we're starting a coup. I'm down yeah. for this. I, I agree with this, but I will add the caveat of please do not record it inside of a wind tunnel or next to a blowing fan or in your noisy living room where all your kids are arguing. Yeah, pretend you're doing ASMR. I would also like to add the caveat, please don't record it while you're jerking off looking at somebody's feet. (laughs) Uh, I'll give you my private email for that one. I'm not kink shaming. It just makes a lot of background noise. Way more than you think. It's actually very obvious. Yeah, that's actually going to be part of the Discord server that we're starting soon. All the... Oh, um, never mind. I'm going to put this back on the rails. Pulling that lever. Oh, it's switching. The train is switching back over to Podcastville. John, where are we headed next? Uh, actually, let's ask Patrick. Patrick, hmm. what would you like to talk about first for this week's episode? We got to start at the top, man. The, I wanted to talk about the opening, not the opening scene, but the opening event, which is obviously King Viserys. Uh, passing from this life into the next. Looks like he was a little bit overdue, if you saw the last episode. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, Are you sure that you didn't want to go back even further than that, Patrick? Further? Oh, man, I completely forgot. Like, isn't it Morbin time? <laughs> Speaking of events... <laughs> you got to meet the Jason Bourne. I got to meet Jason Bourne, a.k.a. Matt Damon, a.k.a. Matt Smith. Uh, I went to a fan festival here, and... None other than Matt Smith was there, and I got to sit in a really cool uh, Q&A session that they had with him, the moderator, and a bunch of fans asked really good questions, and then I got to uh, get a two-second photograph with him, <laughs> which was a little bit underwhelming, but still, like, the Q&A was the highlight. Um, is there something you guys wanted to know about that Q&A? Like, any of the cool things he said? Yeah, tell us a cool thing that he said. Uh, someone asked him, or someone told him that they were their sister's favorite doctor and i thought that was hilarious and so did a lot of other people (laughs) wow (laughs) you're not my favorite but my sister loves you (laughs) apparently she loved david but in regards to house of the dragon um somebody asked him uh from i think it was like episode three maybe three or four about the when matt damon uh, i mean damon targaryen went to (laughs) went to runestone to see his wife whether he thought that Damon knew he was going to kill his wife or not. And the interest, what Matt Smith said was that the way he read the character on the script and the way he played him was that he thinks that Damon just walks this knife's edge just right along that blade of like, he doesn't know what he's going to do. It could go either way at any moment. And he just happened to be blown into the side of death after uh, she taunted him at the end when she was on, on the ground off her horse. So I thought that was pretty cool. Amongst other things that he said, yeah. It was well worth it if you guys have a chance to go meet him. Maybe not meet him. Maybe go to the Q&A and get an autograph. I think that's probably better. (laughs) Yeah, that Q&A sounds awesome. And if we can, we might try to drop a little bit in. (laughs) Go on the internet and read what happens. Um, Well, if hypothetically he did do that, which I could neither deny nor confirm, I don't think I could possibly answer it on his behalf because I think what, what's interesting about Damon is I think is that you never know, you never quite know which way he's going to go or why he's done it. Is it for actually? Is it what he thinks he should do? Is it for the greater good? Is it because he just likes chaos? Is it because he just likes to be a gnarly do? You know, and I think he's always that's what's really interesting. He's always walking on sort of big leg. and um, I don't know. We just went back to see his wife in the lake. (laughs) 
And if I can, I might see if I can upload a picture of <laughs> the picture that <laughs> Patrick took with Matt Damon. Let's 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 not go that far. I look like I'm photoshopped into a picture with Matt Smith. <laughs> Maybe I'll photoshop all of us into the picture. With yeah, you. that would be better, actually. <laughs> I was going to say, having seen that picture, both you and Matt Smith look like mythical creatures that have been photoshopped into that picture. But like both of you are from extremely separate like genres. And yeah. you've been photoshopped together onto this background. It is an amazing picture. It is iconic. You are a legend. Your hair looks great. Oh, Patrick's hair. Let's just say Matt Smith struck a very iconic pose that neither me or my friend were expecting. And by, before we could realize what was happening, the picture was over. And so it was pretty funny. Yeah. You, you, you guys look great in it. I just want you to know that I think you guys look great. I second that. Thank you so much. What did he smell like? He smelled like uh, $120. That's how much the picture <laughs> oh, Patrick, you're so funny. All right. No, well, I don't I, remember. I appreciate you telling us about your adventures meeting uh, the one, the only Matt Damon. But uh, I think it is time for us to get into the episode proper. But since we took this long journey here, I think we might need to take a quick break. And we're back. So we're going to start at the beginning of the episode, which, as Patrick pointed out before his cool story, the first thing that happens is Viserys has died. And Yay! What, what, what? Uh, yes, we all have a lot of emotions. Sad. <laughs> uh, so I want us to be clever little birds. I want us to be little flies on the wall and just Ooh. trace the custody of or the chain of custody of this little piece of information. So it travels from a little page boy onto Talia, who he informs of the king's death before even the queen herself or anyone else. And Talia mm -hmm. lets Alicent know and Alicent lets uh, Otto know, right? Mm-hmm. So, as we're talking about this, I this is when Masaria finds out as well, right? Is that your yes. understanding as well? That's my okay. understanding. Because well, well. remember, remember what she said to her father was to Otto that when he asks who knows, and she says uh, Talia and other handmaidens or other servant people. Yeah. So it's not clear if she told other servant people or like Talia told other servant people. Maybe to get to the queen's attention. I don't know. So. When I watched it the second time, I noticed that Talia lit a candle in one particular oh. window. Mm -hmm. And then later it shows Masaria oh, yeah. looking up at the keep at oh, the single man. lit candle. I did so, not watch it twice. So that's I need to do that next time. Yeah. So that was probably how she let her know, which was really yeah. that was so cool. I'm glad you brought that up because I remember thinking that and then dismissing it like pretty immediately. Um so I'm really glad you picked up on that. And that's actually what was going on. That's that's super cool. And then also someone must have seen her light the candle. And then they told someone that Laris talks to, right? Or do you think Laris just knew from the white worm that it was from Talia? Well, does anyone else have a theory on how who found out? Laris. Laris. Fucking Laris is back in oh, this episode. He was probably in the closet touching his wiener. <laughs> when he died. Well, That's my if, guess. If there wasn't feet present, then probably not. You might have been able to see the king's feet. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I, I think what's going on with Laris is he just knew that there were spies, so he locked up all of the serving people just to be, like, safe. Oh. Mm-hmm. That sounds point. like Laris. That's true, yeah. And he and did you do can that. only come out of the the cell if you remove your shoes and your socks. <laughs> so now if you're telling the truth, I will need to see a right foot. <laughs> and then also the left yeah. one a little longer. Just to be sure. Now back to the right. <laughs> um, can we talk now about the small council scene between uh, little Alicent and her father and the rest of the small council? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was man, that was a scene right there. Yep. That old guy went off. How the fuck does Kristen Cole still have a job? This is at least two people that we have seen him murder. And given all of the time skips, like, off screen, his body count has to be into the double digits right now. This guy just loses mm -hmm. his shit constantly. Yeah, Lord Westerling wasn't having any of his shit and almost 
took him to blows. And then Allison rescues Cole again. I was so frustrated with her in this scene. What do you mean you're going to kill Rhaenyra? Bitch, you've been trying to get your son on the throne for like the last seven episodes. How did you think this was going to play out? Like, I don't know. She's trying to play the game and I just don't feel like she's smart enough to realize what the end of it looks like. Yeah. Yeah. And and also, like, does she think Rhaenyra is going to take this sitting down? Like, I'm just going to take the throne from her and then she's going to say, okay, well, we can be friends now. Like, no, that's not how any of this works. Mm. Yeah, she tries to live in both worlds. Like, she tries to be, she thinks that she's uh, upholding justice and she believes in tradition doing things the prim and proper way and then slowly keep slipping uh, on uh, with less savory people that can get things done in less savory ways. And she never fully commits to it, but I think we see a lot of her not knowing what she's doing in this episode. I think we see, I think there's a lot of character portrayed uh, of Allison in this episode from all different people in different situations that kind of paints her as like a pretty weak queen overall and kind of a lost sheep. Yeah, she looks for any possible opportunity to have agency just so she can chuck it out the window. Yeah. I, I to try and be charitable to her, it's I I can't 100% hate on Allison cuz what she's saying right now is I don't want to kill my f- friend and my family. Which mm-hmm. is like, yeah, I get that. Oh, 100%. You know. That's how I I'm, thought. Yeah, I'm yeah. not, I, I wouldn't argue with the motives um, as much as just her lack of commitment. Like, because she, she'll turn to dad and be like, yeah, 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 I'll get my son on the on the throne. And then turn back to Rhaenyra and be like, but yeah, 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 we're best friends now, right? Like, we just fixed everything. Uh, and knowing full well those two things can't coexist sorry were you gonna say something patrick well i was just gonna say like at the end of the last episode it's i feel like she was gonna give up on the egg on thing until viscerous thinks he's talking to when he's talking to allison but thinks he's talking you know continuing the conversation he had with renira that just somehow galvanized her which i kind of buy because like she thinks that this is some deep-seated thing but then when this episode opens and you realize it's just the next day and she realizes that she's the only person that he told that to and after you know you find out later it's been 20 years he had to change his mind and he does it on this deathbed like in moments before he dies yeah and she knows that she has a weak claim and i feel like when she she went to the small council that she wasn't expecting Egon to be king she was just relaying information that like it was his dying wish that Egon be king but she then she says like but he only told me and he's dead and I'm the only one that heard it. And then you see all the machinations start going into place because then she realizes that she's really not been driving this cart the whole time. Like it's her father and the other people in small council that have already got all these plans and they just put them into motion. Yeah. And they just using that as an excuse. Yeah. And it really wouldn't have mattered what Viserys said to her, even if he didn't say anything at all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It has nothing to do with the legitimacy of her son's claim to the throne. It has everything to do with her dad wants power. And yeah. everyone in that mm-hmm. room, other than Beesbury, rest in peace, you poor sweet old man. <laughs> yeah, well, R.I.P. to a real On the one. small council, yeah. Yeah, everybody in that small council room is completely in on it. And then, like, I feel like she, Allison went to that small council, you know, willing to talk it out and be like, you know, what, what can we possibly do? Is this even like willing to talk it out and see if there's a path forward. And they just like, well, thanks for the info. That's what we needed. And then thank you. Goodbye. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm wondering if you guys have an opinion on this. So obviously Allison doesn't know about the plotting that has been going on behind her back. Do you think that Laris did or didn't know about this? And if he did know, why do you think he withheld it from Allison? I don't think Laris knew. Why would Lyris ever tell Allison anything other than to try to get her to do something that he wants? How could she possibly um, be of any more use to him with more information about this? 
Laris is a parasite and he's just looking for another like shark to fasten onto the side of. And as long as Allison is still swimming blithely along, great, great for the remora fish. He's safe. He's fine. Yeah, you're saying why didn't Dillweed tell the queen that if, he knew they were making plans to help if, the secession? If he knew, if he knew they oh, were making plans. Uh, what was that? Oh, uh, we're, we're, okay. We're asking yeah. if mm-hmm. Dillweed knew about <clears throat> it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, what What would that change? Um, I don't know if it would change anything, but it does have interesting implications as far as like, I don't know, the information economy goes. Like, if this whole time we think that Laris is um, helping Allison, not like altruistically, obviously, like he's helping her because <laughs> she's helping him in a weird way. But um, wiggle, wiggle, wiggle. Let yeah, me give a helping hand, you may say. Oh. <laughs> Or a helping foot. Hey-oh. Hey, guys, let's toe the line with these foot fetish jokes, okay? <laughs> let's just get our foot wet. I'm sorry. Just making jokes like this is one of my Achilles heels. Okay. Um, <laughs> let's. I, 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 don't, I don't think he knows. Yeah. Yeah, let's let's move on to the, the next topic. Uh, Jesse, what would you like to talk about? Oh, bud. I want to talk about one thing real bad, but I don't know. Do I deserve it? Have I earned it? Go for it. Tell us, Jesse. Okay. That scene with the feet. <laughs> oh, man. Let the foot discourse begin. Yes. Okay. I would like to get on the right side of foot discourse. Feet are great. If you're into feet, you're great. Feet are fine. Feet are great. I don't have a problem with that in this scene. I have a problem with is this scene existing um what this is one of the plethora the cornucopia of things i think we see in this episode that demonstrates what a weird position allison is in oh man i just felt this weird sense of false confidence for a minute because i knew everybody's names i was about to talk about what have you guys done to me no um it's weird that she has to show her weren't her like what, what's a real name for like what that guy's job is her narc her master of whispers or like her stool pigeon lower master of, whis- of so whispers his technical title is lord confessor which that Gross. just means that he that just means that he tortures people so i think the spy, oh wow the, yeah to get yeah. confessions out of t- prisoners yeah i think the spy thing is more of a side job like a additional skill on his resume you know laris has a lot of hobbies all of which are disgusting <laughs> yeah. I, I don't get why her stool pigeon she has to pay with such a vulnerable currency how along the line of this man needing her for help did she become the one that, that in this power play would ever even offer to let him see her feet or that he could touch his dick in front of her I think it started with like the killing uh, Harwin Harwin Strong, right? The father, yeah. or the the and the brother to Harold Strong. I think it just kind of gradually came from that. Like he got so much power over her from that power play that he did, and then he just has parlayed it into this foot fetish thing, which is like, yeah, I don't I don't get that. To me, it's funny, but and just also disgusting. That's that's kind of where I'm at, Patrick. I think there's also like another element to it, and we're going to get into this a little bit in Rainus's discussion with Alicent, but I don't think Alicent knows she's the queen, guys. I don't think she knows that when a man asks her to do something that she doesn't want to do, she's allowed to say no, and she can back that up with like steel and physical force. Yeah. I don't yeah. think she knows that all she would have to do would be to like go cry and bat her eyelashes yeah. at Sir Kristen, go coleslaw. This man vexes me, and coleslaw would turn him into a fucking pincushion. <laughs> I don't think she knows she can say no. Yeah, and Rainus kind of brings that up to her later yeah. in this episode. Oh, Rainus rips her one. It's great. Yeah, and that, also, oh, go ahead. No, I was just gonna uplift you. That scene is excellent. Please continue. I was gonna say, like, it's interesting to me that she goes to this meeting with Laris right after the meeting with her father, where she calls him out and she sees him for who he is, seemingly for the first time in the entire series or season. And then she goes straight from there into being like foot fetish 
person for Laris, which I thought was like, I kind of thought about it later. During the episode, I totally bought it like, oh, this is just weird, but whatever. And then I was like, oh, she she just doesn't, she's not comfortable with the power dynamic in her role that she could play at any time, I guess, yet in the, in the episode. Yeah, yeah, she doesn't know I, who she is without anybody else. <laughs> Sorry, John, go ahead. Uh, I was going to make a shitty joke. I yeah. was just going to say that uh, uh, with her father, she really puts her foot down. Oh. And Laris, you can say she puts her foot up. Hey-o! John, <laughs> I just want you to know, I felt that foot joke deep in my souls. Um, what's funny, Annie, is I actually wrote like six foot jokes down, and you took like three of them. And I don't mean that to disparage you. Good job. But I did. Yeah. I did prepare foot jokes, and you did. John's crossing them off the list. God damn it! You're a real athlete of foot jokes, John. <laughs> oh man, Jesse and I talked about this today at work, but I think it has to do with his own foot being all like fucked up. Yeah, that's 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 what I read into too. I think he probably has like internalized ableism, which is why he fixates on it so much, or something like that. Yeah, let's make this good writing. Let's keep workshopping good writing. Um, no, yeah. Feet are great. <laughs> <laughs> you haven't burned any people alive, though, Jesse, so I think you're doing all right. No, I haven't. I've, like, I don't know, gently kissed feet. It's very sensual, Patrick. I'll show you sometime. Burning people alive seems to be Laris's method, though. That's his uh, M.O. <laughs> Yeah. He's like, you want me to take care of them? Don't worry, I'll burn them alive, just like everybody else I handle. It's very Targaryen of him. Yeah. All right. Um, well, does anyone have anything else to say about the feet scene? Can I go back to the small council table and how we got to see the cool balls roll into the everybody's hand? I thought they were egg-shaped, but it's like a ball. I thought that was cool. Yeah, they were really playing with their balls during this scene. Yeah. I can't believe he touched his wiener. I didn't, didn't think that was going to happen. Yeah. HBO put a dick pic that I did not ask for right in front of my face. And normally I have to get on an app for this experience. And I was oh, man. not happy. I just love how they made him look so creepy with that clip. And oh, I loved God. it. He just is naturally creepy. Like that dude always makes me 11. uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. A hundred. Yeah. Hang on, guys. Okay, I'm if... looking something up right fast. Ooh. Oh, no. You guys know the actor who plays him in real life, Matthew Needham? He's hot. Mm. Oh, snap. This is having... HBO. Isn't everybody hot in HBO? Yeah. Uh, no, not yeah. everybody is hot in HBO. But, like, he's actually hot. And I guess this is Game of Thrones doing what it does best is make me aroused and then feel really, really, really bad about it. <laughs> Thanks, guys. I thought we were going to have to dunk Damon in blood again, but here we go. <laughs> um, you know what I realize is that he's always looking down. And before, I always thought it was because he was like kind of used to having lower status and is always yeah. a little bashful. But now it's like, no, he's scoping out the oh, foot situation man. all around, like, at all times. If I got information <laughs> for you. He's whacked off to right. every foot in the Seven Kingdoms. <laughs> Dragonfoot, he's jizzed on it. Oh Oof. my god, he probably has. We we absolutely must move on. <laughs> I think we've stomped this one into the ground as far as it'll go. Yeah. It is the agony of defeat. <laughs> Fine. I, 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 I give up the rest of my time. Floor is yours. Annie, what would you like to talk about for our next topic? Um, I would like to talk about the conversation that Alicent and Rainus have, where Rainus fucking clotheslines her with the icy cold fist of truth. Yeah, that was like real wicked energy. It was like a moving scene that fucked me up, but the way the actress like did it also was like with the confidence of a grandma pointing out something very obvious to you. Um, and, and, and I think that scene probably was the most emotionally impactful scene for me, like the whole time. I thought it was a very bold play on Allison's part to bring like into the opening of that dialogue, you know, you should have been queen unspoken, but the men will never allow it. So, you know, 
our nobility is in guiding the men who rule, and Rainus is just looking at her this entire time with this very, like, slight fixed smile in her eyes, narrowed. <laughs> She's just making the polite cat face at Allison this entire time because it's so obvious that Allison is clueless about what Rainus actually wants. Yeah, she offers, like, drift mark. You can have it for your, you grand, your daughters and your grandchildren. I wanted to talk about something in this scene, which is that I feel much of this episode, as I've kind of been harping on, is uh, about the information economy, the dissemination of information in King's Landing in general. And uh, in, in in this scene, it was an interesting inversion where Rainey's had been locked into her room and was basically denied any information whatsoever about what was happening. But even from just that, she was able to learn so much like. I found it really cool that she very quickly realizes what has happened just by seeing the look on Allison's face. She's like, oh, okay, the king's dead. And then she puts two and two together and she goes, oh, and you locked me in my room. So that means you're usurping the throne. Like she yeah. puts it all together very quickly. And I She's thought so much. Fast. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> She's a genius. Like being kept in the dark. With no information, she puts pieces it together in like the first few seconds of like the conversation with Allison, mm-hmm. and then she already has a plan of what to do, and she knows, you know, what a what a queen she would have been, king queen. Yeah, yeah. Queen. and I think this is a trope that we have seen before with other characters, both male and female, in Game of Thrones, and also like even in House of the Dragon. The people who survive in this game and who come out on top are the people who are good at paying attention to the environment of putting the information together and acting on it, or even just having the exact right reaction to it. Like I'll even give Damon some credit for this. Um, Do I think he's consciously aware of what he's doing? No, but it's all subconsciously fucking percolating. Um, You know, in original game of Thrones, Tyrion is a great example of this. Sansa becomes a great example of this. Cersei is initially this, and then she loses it as she goes increasingly off the rails. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Rainus is able to immediately assess the situation and start planning just based on context clues, because that she knows that's what's necessary for survival in the Game of Thrones. Alicent, on the other hand, in this position of massive power and freedom, really needs to get shit spoon-fed to her. And even then... She still often gets it wrong because Allison doesn't know what the fuck she wants. Rainus does. <laughs> I, I think she doesn't know what the fuck is going on, really, like on Allison? a deeper level. Yeah. I think she's, I don't know, I, would, I, would, I wanted to give credit to Allison because dur- later in the episode, when they're looking for Egon, she, I guess we're going to talk about it probably, but like she does outplay her father just kind of by luck a little bit, but also she's beginning to become good at that game. Like what he recognized in her from the previous episode. Like I didn't know you had it in you and blah, blah, blah. I guess it was two episodes ago. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's talk about the great search for Aegon the elder, this amazing race ass sequence. (laughs) Amazing race. It's like, where's Waldo? Except you really don't want to find Waldo. (laughs) And Waldo doesn't want to be found. When some of the people looking for Waldo are thinking about killing him if they find (laughs) Waldo. Yeah. How did you guys feel about Eric and Eric? I loved it. (laughs) I love this whole fucking episode. So like that was that was just more of me just fucking loving this episode. First, I I had to watch a man whack off not subtly over feet. Then I got two burly Viking brothers, and my ovaries are all over the place. Um, One of the things that I did like most about the brothers, though, is there were some subtle visual cues to help tell them apart. And also the one, it's either Eric or Eric. Um, I can't tell the Eric's (laughs) apart. Um, No, it was Eric. It was definitely Eric and not Eric. Um, But Eric is the one who has been assigned for lack of a better word to Aegon and he's trying yep. to tell Eric man I'm not sure that this guy should be king yeah. I've stood outside yeah. his door a whole lot and I, yeah, I don't know about this and Eric is just not having it he is the king yeah. is what the law says and like yeah. seeing Eric versus Eric like that is really indicative of the larger feud in the castle in King's Landing and in the realm as a whole it's great the microcosm of Eric. 
I really liked everything that was happening in the Kingsguard in this episode because, you know, throughout the entire season, we've been seeing the split happening right between the greens and the blacks where everybody is trying kind of drawing the battle lines and splitting up. But as far as the Kingsguard goes, Kristen Cole was the only one who we actually knew a hundred percent where he stood. And in this episode we see like, Oh, so Eric is going to go help, uh, Rhaenyra probably since she's siding with Rhaenys. And then Eric is probably going to side with the crown or with Aegon since he was like calling out his brother and, Harold uh-huh. Westerling, oh, maybe he'll go and help Rhaenyra too because he seems like he wasn't down with the plotting. And then, so you yeah, have he this. he just like checks out. He's like, oh, yeah, until you have a king. We have the beginnings of two king's guards, basically. Mm-hmm. I fucking, that's another reason I love this episode. Yeah, the whole, we didn't even really talk about the Westerling situation, but like him ripping his white cloak off and say, like, I, you know, I sworn fealty to the king. And until you have a king, you have no need of me, you know? <clears throat> I love that. That was baller. And then the Eric and Eric. Uh, <laughs> uh, okay, let me correct it, everyone right now. One Arik of them is Eric Arik and okay, Eric, yeah, and I, I don't know which Arik. one is which. Which one wants to kill the no, no, they're the king. They're two separate names. One is Eric with an A, and one is Eric with an E. They sound completely different. Yeah, I don't know why you can't hear it, Jesse. Like it's Eric and Eric. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Um. <laughs> I don't have a Dragon Ball Z joke for this, so. <laughs> we just made Jesse so uncomfortable. Oh, man. I um, like the one that wants to kill the prince. Oh, that, that's Eric, uh, yeah. That's Eric, yeah. Okay. Dope. I'm going to die. Um, <laughs> when, when they go searching for him, some of the most horrifying shit oh, is man. found. Can we talk um, about the child fight? We gotta child, talk about the child, fight. the child MMA cage matching. <laughs> oh as God. soon as it happened, I was like, "John is uncomfortable right now." Oh man, <laughs> little Lebowski's fucking junior achievers right here. Hot damn! Uh, the the they sharpen their fingernails. It wasn't complete until they had that narr- that uh, exposition with them saying they sharpen their teeth and or they file their <laughs> teeth and sharpen their nails, dude. And then, and then they just... said, and, then, and they said, and and worse or something like that, dude. And they're, like, slashing each other's faces. Like, they're just open hands slashing each other in the <laughs> face with their sharpened nails. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. And then fucking Aegon has bastards there, too. I know. Yeah. That oh, my God. Up. That, I'm like, do they, so do they keep, and they were like, it's definitely not the only one. <laughs> He's um, like, one of many. Uh, <laughs> so does that baby grow up there until it can fight? Or is that, like, baby cage fighting? Yeah. I think things are sure Egan doesn't care. I think he's going to be. He doesn't care, but I care about canon and lore, Patrick. And I'm (laughs) like child fight club. He's not just an enjoyer. He's also a member and a client. He's a founding member, probably. Yeah, he might have shares. He's on the board. (laughs) Yeah. And if I was his mom, I'd be like, you had an older brother, too. And that's where he went. Yeah, she's like his his mom, the queen, is mad at him about like the uh, assaulting the serving girl. Like if she only knew half the other shit he had been doing, like, oh, man. Yeah. Yeah, I guess she probably didn't know about the bastards because she was trying to have him not have bastards. But she thought she nipped that in the bud. And uh, Masario wants this shut down. So I like her now. I like her, but her move here was stupid. I also think that too. I thought that uh, was a weak move power play for literally having the king's life in your hands. You're like, in child fighting in my small area of King's Landing, please. Her real face and let Otto know like what name she was doing business under. It's just like ma'am, this is how have you been a spy master in King's Landing this long and yet you do shit that's this stupid? Um, I'm not going to count her out yet. I think she has big brain master plan going on. So, well, given that we see her house on fire only a little bit later in the episode, let's hope that she escaped. There was no body. She's fucking. She's doing but something. The Dude, whole. Her... Oh, go ahead, Jesse. No, you go. No, I, I've got so much to say. Please go. <laughs> okay, so don't forget. So that lady, the spy master that I love with the best accent I've ever heard, her house was on fire in this episode? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's the mansion with the portico or whatever. Yeah. I really thought I paid balcony. attention. Yeah, Larry sets her house on fire. You see, like, the masked 
man or no. dark dark hooded yep. man. So weed sets my love's house on fire. I think it's just a henchman, right? It, in the yeah. foot scene, what what Laris is telling Allison is that there's another spy network besides his, and he's talking about Masaria's spy network. And so she says, "Is there anything that you can do about that?" Right before he starts jerking off, and that's him. He's taking care of the other spy network for Allison by burning what? down. But I yeah. thought she, yeah, watch she, that she also sarcastically said, "Like, oh, and I assume this is something you can that's in your wheelhouse. You can take care of." Yeah, exactly. Kind of like a strong okay. situation. The only thing Larry really loves more than jerking off defeat is setting houses on fire. And he's like, "Yeah, this is my wheelhouse." So we don't we don't kink shame on this episode. But if one of your kinks is lighting pe- people's houses on fire, I'm gonna have to say that's a no go. You really shouldn't be into that. Yeah. What if they're not sure. at them? What if you just like setting no. empty houses on fire? No, you can't. Okay. It's that's like one of a couple kinks you can't have. <laughs> Wait, but but what about I just like, feel Saria? like if we're gonna have a list of kinks we can't have, we should probably put feet on this list too. No, <laughs> no, no, no. It's one we thing don't to go play crazy. with them, but guys, like feet are a sauce. They're not the whole meal. <laughs> oh, that's for sure. Okay, see, I can agree with that. I don't think we'll get canceled for that. Feet are saucy. <laughs> wait, okay, wait. I, I gotta get this Melisaria thing off my chest. Like, please, please, please. Tell us, Patrick. So the, the conversation that Allison has with Laris earlier in the episode, at the beginning, basically, when he tells her about the white worm whispers and all that, and like the other secret information society, <clears throat> seems like Allison's reluctantly saying like okay i don't know if she implicitly says like go kill her but she just assumes that like he's going to do it after i show him my feet right mm-hmm. but then <laughs> cut ahead when they're looking for Egon and auto hightower meets uh melisaria and she bargains for the king's life with like the child pit fighting which i think was like kind of weak i mean yeah child pit fighting not a good thing and on any level in any time but still, when you have the power to control, like, where the location of the future king is, like, that seems like that's, like, low-hanging fruit, you know, with the pit fighting. And then she tells Hightower that don't forget where you had the, who told you this information. Like, we had him in our hand. We could have squished him like a wasp. And Otto's like, I won't forget. Like, she signs her death warrant in that in that conversation. Like, even if the Laris conversation didn't happen earlier, she now signs her death warrant weren't talking to Otto like what do you think he's gonna do as soon as he gets Egon back and goes back to the castle they're going after you it's like she's dead both ways I feel like yeah pa- Patrick I I have faith in her I think that she I know you've knows... read the book John don't tell me anything I I'll, <laughs> I'll tell you that I think they are diverging completely from the book because okay the white okay, worm yeah. in the book is just kind of this thing that people talk about and they don't really know what oh. she's up to it's very mysterious and not gone into a lot. So I, I'm pretty sure they're diverging greatly, but I, I think she has a plan. I hope so. I think my objection to this scene, assuming that she survives and we see her in the next episode or in a future season, I think to me that will feel like pandering hey guys, see, we didn't kill off all of our strong female characters because in the brutal world of Westeros as it has been presented to us thus far through nearly nine seasons, if we're including the original Game of Thrones, she should absolutely have been dead before she got back to her front door with a play like that. Like, I'm with Patrick here. Now, it's possible that there's just so much going on Mm-hmm. And maybe she escapes, but she didn't get anything that she wanted. And now she has to bury her old identity and start over. So I don't know. This just doesn't make sense to me, particularly coming from a character that we've seen be very, very calculated and very good at flying under the radar. Everybody keeps making it sound like she did something dumber than I see that she did. And I'm like, she, because you're talking about it like she's the one who kidnapped a prince. If she that is. was the case, she I did. Would, yeah, she did. Yes, yeah. she like kept him wasted and like yeah, um, 
Man. Wherever they, she was. I can't even remember what she said. They got it roofied okay. All of your opinions way. make sense now. Yeah. Yeah, like, and then she, she knew like, where he frequented. Pretty much explicitly says, yeah, we could have killed him if we'd wanted to, him to, so don't forget that. And of course, Otto Hightower is like, yeah, I'm definitely not going to forget no. that. Strokes. That yeah. line plays different beer. when I know she kidnapped him. Because yeah. otherwise, it's like, well, yeah, I knew where he was like just getting drunk, dude. Like, if I was a dick, I could have killed him. Not like I was the kidnapper. No, she and made if it I very wanted clear, to, like, I could have killed him. him. We put him in a safe place. Yeah. I got to rewatch it. I was like, maybe I was sleepier than I thought I was. I don't remember being that sleepy. Yeah, because this all makes so much more sense. Yes, it's very key to the understanding of the scene. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, well, let's I guess fucking, we should. Yeah, John. Let's, let's talk about the uh, climax of this episode. Yeah. The scene, the, oh, the scene in the dragon pit where <laughs> Rainey's kills approximately 200 random people. Climax. I fucking love how mad Aegon looks through the whole coronation leading up to this. He yeah. is such a sulky little goth kid through the whole process. And it is so great. And I was already enjoying the fuck out of that. And then we see Renice slip out of the crowd and down through the door. That apparently there aren't any guards by because dragons kind of guard themselves, I guess, which is fair to be frank. And I knew she was going to escape, but I didn't know she was going to come up Kamehameha through the fucking floor. And I did not realize that her dragon melee was that fucking big. Me either. I thought it was Cyrax when I saw it. Seeing her on melee in her dragon rider armor. Chef's kiss. <laughs> Jeff's kiss. I'm not going to say it awoke something in me because Lucy Lawless's Xena already did that many years ago, but boy, did it help <laughs> rekindle something. It was a. She was an icon. Yeah. She was the moment. Slay Queen. Jesse. It awoke something in me. Uh, I didn't realize I was into grandmas. <laughs> Hell yeah. He's <laughs> a hot grandma. In the official podcast for the show. The director of this episode was talking John, about. John, are you cheating on this podcast with another podcast? Well, there's the official podcast. How could you? I can't believe you're listening to other podcasts. When he said official podcast, I thought he meant us. Are you bringing outside ideas into this sanctum santorum of original ideas? Well, oh my God. <laughs> Have you been doing that? Yeah, this is the original podcast that comes out like when the episode comes out. Yeah, us. <sighs> Oh, yeah, I see that. You're, you're fucking with me, and I'm trying to make a point, but uh, no, what did they say? <laughs> oh, they, they were talking about, uh, the director of the episode was talking about how, what's the act, actor who plays uh, Rainis? Do you guys know? Any Anyway, she, the, the actor was, like, encouraging the extras to push her more, because, like, nobody wanted to push her a lot, because she was, like, the star of the scene or whatever, but she was like, no, like, push me, like, really, like, push me around or whatever and like trying to get them to do it more which i thought was a really fun tidbit like the crowd work stuff eve best eve best yes uh in the scene where she's moving through the city streets and she's very yeah. like yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 shuffling through that's awesome it's <laughs> like i swear my insurance will cover it <laughs> i was i was thinking about that too i was like oh i wonder if i actually thought that i didn't know that they talked about it on the podcast like she's like like rough out like you know, she's got the hood on and everything, getting shuffled around. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that looking really good. I love that she's wearing the same disguise that Thor is in Thor Ragnarok, and yet it works exactly as well, which is to say 100%, but it should be 0%. As 0%. If you look at the hood and the giant, like, Maggie from, or uh, Marge from Simpsons hair that she has, <laughs> and the hood is, like, shrink-wrapped around it, it's like, all right, come on. <laughs> People will recognize you, not if I go like this. And it works. Yeah, like a like a Amond. I'm willing to suspend my disbelief for this. 
And uh, Coleslaw also had his little hat that he put on <laughs> that was the I exact same Coleslaw's thing. tiny hat. Hello. Good day, good sirs. <laughs> I'm just looking for a friend. <laughs> And, uh, and, and Eamon had a Damon hood, but it was not as big yet, because you have to get to third level Damon before you get the super big hood. <laughs> Eamon needs a chin covering, because who would not recognize that chin <laughs> anywhere you went? Are you kidding me? And the eye patch. Oh, yeah, and the missing eye. Well, and the, the brothel keeper, keeper did recognize him. As like, my, have you grown? Yeah. Come back anytime, 15-year-old boy. That was Podrick vibes for me when she said that. Yeah. Yeah, I know who that character is. <laughs> I miss, miss Podrick. <laughs> I, I wanted to back up, if I can, briefly yes. to the cap could the carriage ride over to the dragon pit for the cor- for the anointment. But Aegon is not having any of it until he sees the blade, which is a uh, dark fire. What's the black fire? Mom, are you serious? Like, why is he surprised that, like, she brought the knife with him? Like, I don't understand why that convinces him. I don't either. Because he's stupid? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> like, he's real dumb. He's like, do you love me? And then she says, like, you imbecile. Like, No, 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 no. Look, guys, it's very simple, and I'm going to explain this to you as somebody who spends three to four nights a week doing actual sword fighting. All right? Swords, and by extension, knives, are really cool. <laughs> you hold them in their, your hands, and they have like a heft to them, and you can move them around, and they make a swish-swish like sharp noise. <sighs> and if somebody gives you a really nice Fuck. one, you will forgive a lot of shit. I guess so. They're just fun. They're that much fun. Yeah. I feel like someone just said a thing I should know, but I didn't know. That makes so much sense. Yeah, yeah you should. I mean, he is inherently a spoiled teenage boy, and now he's realized that he can have the coolest, shiniest, sharpest, best oh. swishy noise-making swords in the land, because he's king now. It's like the dragon god sword. He has the oldest family knife in his family, and that's enough, I guess. Yeah. Also, Trunks from Dragon Ball Z had a sword, and he was really cool, so. Yeah, boy! That's what I'm talking about! <laughs> yes, I, I, I know these people. <laughs> That's my bit, Patrick. What happened to Dragon Balls A through Y? Uh, you don't want to know. Yeah, we don't talk they about got, those balls. They got canceled. That's a lot of balls to cancel, guys. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so, does anyone have anything else to say about the dragon? Because I thought the dragon oh, was cool. We didn't even get into that. That was fucking awesome. Like, she slips away. I thought it was, you know what's cool is the sword thing that they did when he's walking down, like, the sword alley? I thought that was cool, and then they bring him down when he walks by. Oh, that was cool. I replayed that because I was like, it kind of looks CG at the very end when they all swing their swords down at the same time. And they swing it up, and then they do it again Like after he's on the stage. I I like that. That was classic. I'm a sucker for like synchronized things. Except all the guards rolled in and just started pushing poor people around like, move it, fuck face. Also, (laughs) like when Rhaenys shows up with the dragon and... She like, you know, erupts out of the ground like a big boss dragon. You got to fight in some video game level and then has no regard for the hundreds of people she murders <laughs> like in cold blood nope. by coming out of the concrete below or the stone beneath the dragon pit. And then it was like, I mean, I bought it in the show like oh, she can't kill them because uh, them meaning the uh, the royal family <laughs> on the stage. Like, I get why you probably can't kill them, but, like, oh, so you just killed, like, fucking 300 people? Like, what's, like, six more? Yeah, she <laughs> she should have gone all the way, but that was the most boss move I've ever seen in my entire life. But my, ma- my mouth was literally open the entire time that scene happened. I was just like, oh, my God, I couldn't believe this was happening. I would have felt worse for those people if they hadn't been fucking shoving her. And also, most of them in the exact middle of the floor where she, where she came up were the guards, and all guards are bastards. So I honestly... I don't know. I'm going to let her have this. Rainus did nothing wrong. We didn't even talk about Eric. <laughs> Eric, the uh, Kingsguard, just left his white cloak on and like walking through the city like, oh, come this way. We need to sneak you out. I was like, you're literally dressed <laughs> as a fucking Kingsguard right now. Like, how are you? Your sneak level is negative 10 right now. <laughs> he was in disguise as the other Eric. <laughs> yeah, they'll never uh, recognize yeah, me. Yeah, I'm not Eric. I'm Eric. <laughs> I bet it would have worked. I had I had a hard time believing that sneak skill, which is his multi, <laughs> his uh, sometimes sneak you, plus zero for Eric apparently. Sometimes you roll a one, man. 
I feel like I'm forgetting something. Clank, 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 clank. But yeah. no one said anything, so I think I'm sneaking really well. Clank, 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 clank. Yeah. I need to sneak you out in into the place where there's a million people and everyone knows what a Kingsguard person looks like. I do think it was don't kind worry. of an accident that they got caught up in the crowd. I don't know if anybody else like saw the expression on Radis's face change when she realized that they were hurting all the small dragon folk pit. into the dragon pit. She went, She's like, yes. Yes. I don't need a boat. Didn't put but we're going, together. we don't That's need awesome. I thought it was Dragon Pit because it had a big dome roof, and I was like, they don't have Sept of Baylor yet, right? <laughs> no, we do, We haven't and had then, Baylor then to not. build a Sept yet. I will say she could have ended it all, ended the torment, forestalled the Civil War, ended my torment with one well-placed Dracaris. But, but I understand why be, she didn't. To be fair. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's a pretty fucking crazy move. Like, <laughs> if you did do that, what are the repercussions of that? <sighs> At least what are the repercussions until Rhaenyra... Yeah. yeah. I was like, I've called her Ray Ray for so long. I'm like, is that even her name? Uh, until she shows back up. She's in like jail forever. Like I don't know. You guys, you could never no, catch her. She'd she, fly off. I think just if she fly away. No, I you think can't if she put did... her in jail. She's on a nuke. Yeah, I think she would have taken over the city. She would have been like, "You all work for me now until Rhaenyra gets uh, here." Queen that never was my ass. <laughs> oh, the queen that was motherfucker. <laughs> queen that never that was is. it, bitches. I've always been here. OG coastal grandma. Yeah. <laughs> We are redecorating this town with seashells and driftwood. Fuck it, I have a dragon. Yeah. Redecorating with like burnt ash is more like it. Well, also <laughs> that, but you know, we're we're gonna have to wait for several generations of Targaryens before somebody really cleans out King's Landing. <laughs> a, um, are you guys ready to wrap it up? How long? How long have we been going? We got a good run here. About 50 wow, minutes. Another short one. Amazing. Uh, another regular length one. Yeah. It, I love how if it's over an hour, Patrick's like, nobody will listen to this. It's too long. <laughs> too and short. It needs like, to be right three, under an hour. The and fans, he's like, a short one. A the, good short one. The fans demand, con- the consumer demands content, Jesse. Well, guys, we <laughs> oh, lasted heard- longer than Laris, and that's the important thing. I don't know. They yeah. cut away. He could have been there a long time. Yeah, we don't know. I was know. about to bring up a reference to Jackbox last night, which in no context is funny for a podcast, but yeah, can't do that. Oh, I, come play Jackbox <laughs> with us. <laughs> if anyone's interested in playing Jackbox, please let us know. We'll yeah, super email. awkward Jackbox section. All right, <laughs> let's get into our final thoughts. As always, we will begin with Patrick. Oh, can you go ahead and summarize your feelings and give a rating from zero to seven kingdoms? That's uh, that's not a problem, John. Thank you for asking. This is Spooky Patrick. Um, I loved Spooky every me! every second of this episode. This is my favorite episode so far. I loved every moment. I didn't know what was going to happen. I watched the behind the episode or after the episode thing. And when they mentioned how this was a thriller hit in, in like kind of Hitchcockian terms, I completely agree. This just like had my attention the entire episode from beginning to end. And I loved every minute of it. I thought they set up so much shit to happen in the final episode and for season two, hopefully, which is going to happen. And I'm at seven out of, yeah, I loved it. I loved all of it. You didn't hear seven out of anything. I just loved it. Awesome. Do you want me to do my kingdom rating right now? Yeah, yeah, bud. Seven out of seven. I would give this eleven hundreds kingdoms out of seven kingdoms if I could. I oh absolutely love God. this episode. Wow, that is yeah. a lot of kingdoms. You know what you could do is you could uh, form a separatist movement and separate the Riverlands from the Iron Islands, and that way it would There's be two be a kingdoms. Downloadable appendix to this episode with my kingdom rating on it and all the <laughs> math that I got there with. Um, spoilers, but I like your review, Patrick. Uh, Annie, what about you? (laughs) 
I also really loved this episode. It was a chance to spend time with some characters who have been a little two-dimensional thus far and kind of flesh out their motivations, the growing conflict. Um, There's a lot of really good setup in this episode, but there was also a lot of payoff. I really, really liked it. I loved Eric and Eric are two Viking himbo brothers and they're like microcosm of the rift in the Kingsguard, the larger political organization. I loved Lord Caswell's really failed escape attempt. I loved Alicent standing up to her dad for once. I loved her conversation with Rainus. I loved Rainus's like very small amount of domestic terrorism as a treat when she comes up through the floor on melees. Like, oh my god, that scene was so good. I am only taking a kingdom off because I also had to watch Laris Strong pleasure himself <laughs> to the sight of feet. Yeah. So it is a six out of seven kingdoms for me because I really feel <laughs> like the Foley artists could have just made an ominous rustling noise uh, off screen and I would have understood just fine. Guys, but why did you make me laugh? No. Yeah. Loved it. Six out of seven kingdoms. But seven out My of eyes se- are seven. It, it's actually seven out of seven because he's hot. Remember? Remember no, he's hot? No, he's hot when he's not that character. <laughs> okay, well... This we'll is check the back opposite in. of Dirty Damon. We'll check back in next season and see where you're at on no, that. Once you've seen a man whack off defeat, it's over. Like, <laughs> you get the ick. Alright. Uh, personally, this episode for me was 7 out of 7. I'm just dropping the review right at the top because I feel that confident in it. The main thing Ooh. is Masaria. I believe in her. I think she's alive. There's no way she's dead. No way in hell. I don't know if yeah. she's coming back next episode, but she'll she will come back. I am <laughs> almost certain of that. Unless I see a body, I will not believe that she's dead. And she is the left populist queen that I want, that I need. Maybe not the one I deserve, but um I I didn't know that Game of Thrones and House of the Dragon was gonna give me that icon that I needed so badly. But it did, and I I'm so stoked to see where the whole thing between her and Laris is going. All of this is going to be so funny if it turns out she is dead in the next episode. But I'm just tripling down. I'm not accepting that as a possibility. So seven out of seven. Yes, 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 yes. John, are you tripling down? Let me quadruple down. (laughs) Uh, She's definitely going to be in the next episode. Uh, Hell yeah. If I'm wrong, what are you going to do about it? Definitely in the next episode. Um, I love the twins. I want more twins um, in every way. I need them all next season till they fight to the death. Uh, I actually thought one of, they might kill that little fucker for like half a second. I was I was sold. Um, I do think we overlooked one really important scene. Uh, Allison. Allison said cuckolding in this episode (laughs) oh yeah oh that's true yeah there was something for everybody's kink in this episode she cucked your son (laughs) (laughs) Uh, by just hearing that word makes me giggle and so that was fun i did have to see a man like really gently and slowly touch his wiener loved it (laughs) oh patrick (laughs) uh Six out of seven. I'm like not sure if I'm lying to impress you. I'm trying to think if that's how I really feel right now. I feel like I actually have to go back and watch the episode. Another part of my review, I missed a, apparently a key part of the storytelling, which was that they kidnapped the king. Uh, so I'm gonna go with six out of seven with an asterisk because that's probably that's probably right. Okay, those are all great scores that I agree with. Look at us. <laughs> Look at us. How do we get here? Well, to our two viewers, uh, make sure to rate and review the podcast. It is the absolute best way you can help us out. It's the best thing you can do to prove yourself as a loyal loyal bannerman or banner person. You can follow us on Twitter at DDDPod. 
You can follow Jesse at Jesse underscore wind. That's at J E S S E underscore W I N D. That's my legal name. Try and steal my identity. Yeah, do it. Uh, Feel free to email us at dragons, dragons, dragons pod at gmail.com. We really, 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 really like hearing from you a whole lot. We love it. That is the best part of this podcast is hearing your emails. Every single time we get an email, John's face lights up like Christmas. It's great. Please continue to send us emails. Boom. Our intro and outro music is by Rabbit Road. That's all lowercase and with spaces between the letters. You can find them by searching SoundCloud or by using the link in the episode description. And until next time, may the Lord of Light protect us? Question mark? <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Oh, John. Where we've gone, light has never reached. <laughs> Uh, every time you send us an email, I will pet both of my kitties. Spoiler, he's going to pet them anyway. good episode guys yeah dude yeah i loved i loved this podcast and i loved the whole episode it's a hot grandma